Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome to the OBR Newswire Thursday edition, your home for all things Cleveland Browns. I'm your host, Jake Burns. This podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Reminder what our good friends are doing over there with their welcome bonus and um, all of their opportunities to bet on a wide variety of things, including Madden 20 simulations, uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest coming up, uh, the weather, the stock market, a variety of shows, the Survivor Series, and uh, and much more. So if you're if you're interested in still getting that gambling fix in, you can go and play their online poker, blackjack, open 24 hours a day. Again, that's betonline.ag, your online waging experts. Let's get to Thursday's edition. This is a fun one. I'm not going to waste a ton of time introducing what's going on. I think you'll find out that this is a really fun Thursday angle. We're bringing on every uh, member here of the OBR, trying to get different opinions, personalities, and get you, you know, voices from across the website. Barry McBride's up today, one of the founders of the website, and uh, has some fun stories, some fun questions. We're going to make Thursday's uh, our mailbag edition. It'll be a nice change of pace from the uh, overly serious content that we have throughout most of the week. So Barry has come up with some good questions, most of which are from you guys. So every Thursday you can Fire away over in the OBR forums or send a question over to Barry McBride's Twitter account, and we will try to do our best to pick the best ones to answer and keep this thing as as entertaining as we possibly can. I'm putting up a mock draft. Um, just did uh, Pro Football Focus, a simulator, which is fantastic, which does more positional value stuff and, and gives you some more realistic trades. going to post that, so I encourage you to take a look at that. It's my first one, but we'll try to fit in a couple more, so keep your eye out for that mock. As we're running out of time, just two weeks away from the draft, and it's getting close and exciting and a lot of rumors, and check out Rumor Central for some fun stuff along, along the defensive line, some candidates there that uh, Lane Atkins has some notes on, but uh, without wasting any more time, let's get over to Barry McBride and today's Mailbag Edition. All right, we are ready for Mailbox Thursday. We have site editor, OBR editor, Barry McBride in the house, full of questions and answers. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Not too much, just uh, staying at home and uh, spending my evening uh, enjoying adult beverages. Uh, I've basically prepared for this pandemic my entire life. <laughs> you know, this is uh, something that I've uh, uh, very accustomed to sitting at a computer and uh, watching or talking football and uh, enjoying an adult beverage or two. It's my thing. Yeah, so I, I would say the transition has been has been easier for some folks, and I would consider you in that <laughs> upper upper percentile there. So, um, yeah, just to introduce what we're going to do, Barry's going to come on with us every Thursday, and we are going to answer your questions in any form. There is no dumb question. There's no such thing as a dumb question, in my opinion. I guess there probably is. But uh, we'll try to pick the best ones, the ones that I think you guys can get either a, a laugh out of or actual Browns content that can be worthwhile. And uh, we, will, we will pose these questions or opportunities for questions every Wednesday leading into the Thursday pod. And I think there's some good stuff here, Barry. Why don't you uh, lead us off with sort of the questions, and I'll fill in 
wherever my needless opinion is is necessary. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I call this feature "Hey, dumbass," uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, I don't pretend to be a football technician, you know, to know the stuff that you do or that John Stevenson does, or have the experience that Fred Breatham does. I'm basically a fan with a website, and I love being a fan with a website. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. So when I asked people questions today, uh, some of them were serious. Most of them involved bourbon, nice. uh, but yeah. So we have an we have an interesting uh, set of questions. One of the ones I got from Twitter, uh, from uh, Eric, uh, was what's the Coquinas story? Mm. Now everybody wants to know the Coquinas story, right? And uh, I don't necessarily have the Coquinas story, but I have a Coquinas story, if you will. Um, I. Uh, Back in 2008, 2009, whatever it was, um, was very upset with the Cleveland Browns for sucking, uh, which they did very well. Uh, and I wrote some editorials about it that caught the eye of Randy Lerner. And Randy has a soft spot in his heart or had a soft spot in his heart for fans who were upset about things. And, uh, you know, he invited the guy with the bone hat in to talk about Mangini and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he invited me in, too. And I went into the Browns headquarters all those years ago. John Taylor went with me, uh, if you remember him. And he spent time with me. He was very generous with his time. And he had a sit down with uh, Mangini and Coquinas. And we asked, you know, a lot of questions. Uh, which sort of apply today, too, which is, you know, if you guys disagree, uh, you know, if Barry and Stefanski disagree, how do you arbitrate that, right, was one of the questions we had. And so back in those days, it was Mangini and Coquinas, if they disagree, who arbitrates that? And it turns out it's Lerner, right, which is the wrong answer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Mangini legitimately gave us his time. Uh, but George Coquinas, I have to say, uh, was very bored by the whole concept of talking to this uh, doofy-looking fan uh, who ran a website. And he was completely uninterested in it. At least that was my impression. And I, I personally think that's what led to the breakup between Coquinas and the Browns, the fact that he was forced to spend at least half an hour with me you know, asking stupid questions and being boring and all that sort of stuff. I think it, I think it soured the whole relationship with the Browns and any story that you have on Coquinas naturally flows from that moment. So that's my Coquinas story. It's not interesting, but it's a, it's a, it's a story about Coquinas. So. Well, it's, it's interesting go. to me that they would, they would bring people in. I mean, I guess that'd be, it seems really foreign to me. I, I know that, I know that Hugh brought in a lot of the beat writers sometimes to point out some things and say, Hey, this right. is what we're trying to coach, and this is what we're trying to do. Um, but I haven't been up there enough or involved enough to know that this is something that they would do. I mean, they obviously try to sway public opinion one way or the other, and uh, it makes sense. But that is that is fascinating. You had a sit down with with Mangini, who was interested, and I'm not surprised that the mm -hmm. the uh, the other presence in the room was not interested. That's that's good stuff. What's uh, what's next on the docket? Well, uh, like I said, most of the uh, questions I got involved bourbon. Uh, and Evil Elf, uh, also from Twitter, uh, asked me, what beer and bourbon do you recommend on game day? And that's a very important question. Uh, I'm glad he asked it. Um, 
but mostly, like I said, I get bourbon questions. So uh, I don't have any uh, anything in the way of special knowledge uh, about uh, you know scheme fits and anything like that. But I do know how to enjoy game day. Mm. And if I was going to recommend a beer in a bourbon, I mean, my favorite beer of all time is Sam Smith's Pure Brewed Lager. Mm. So if I'm able to lay my hands on that, which I rarely am, uh, I would definitely uh, suggest that. And for game day, I would suggest uh, Jameson. And I, I'm suggesting them not necessarily because, you know, they're not a bourbon. They're an Irish whiskey. But uh, they are now combining their Irish whiskey with all kinds of different things, right? They're, they're uh, letting you age in IPA or stout uh, caskets, you know, uh, you know kegs. And uh, they're also, uh, they have this cold brew uh, Jameson's. I love all of them. And I think that they should be rewarded with my personal recommendation for the fact that they're trying so hard, you know. Yeah. But uh, I have to admit, I have to admit this year, uh, my uh, son got me a humongous bottle of uh, Gentleman Jack uh, and uh, for my birthday, I think. And uh, that got used heavily <laughs> during, during yeah. football well, game day over this last year. Uh, as, uh, yeah, well, you know, it, it helps with the pain, you know, <laughs> it helps with the agony. And uh, there was plenty of that in uh, 2019, uh, like there has been for the 20 years before it. So um, I've become a, a bit of an expert on trying to match the level of alcohol that you intake with the quality of football that you're watching. And it's an inverse relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this year, this year was rough. Monday mornings especially were, were very rough. Uh, at any rate, uh, that's my recommendation. It's like a double-edged sword where, where uh, you know, if they're winning, you want to celebrate, but if they're losing, you want to drink it away. I've, I'm at the complete opposite end of the spectrum where, where I don't even, I just don't drink. I don't know why. I, don't, I just don't. Yeah. I just don't really drink, and I maybe it's because I haven't found the right things to enjoy. But um, I know that if if you are of the of the ilk of wanting to drink, this is the wrong franchise to help you avoid it if you do not want to partake <laughs> in that addiction. So uh, yeah, yeah, those are those are good insights. But I am the worst. You talk about scheme stuff and all that. You don't like to answer those. I'm I'm on the I'm on the same end of the spectrum when it comes to alcohol. I am the wrong person to ask. So, <laughs> well, people expect you to intellectually understand the game, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. you're studying what's going on. You're using your brain. My entire reaction to the game is not intellectual so much as it is emotional, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I, I soar when they win. I crash when they lose. And, uh, you know, so for me, you know, I'm just hanging out in the chat room with my fellow OBR folks and uh, talking football during the games or hitting Twitter a little bit and uh, not really studying what's going on, you know, like you would. So for me, it's a purely enjoyable experience, and I try to keep it that way. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, you are you're – right on about how i mean sometimes i wish i could just watch the ball and just sit back and enjoy it but now you got to really because we got to sit down right after the game i gotta pick some things apart so you got to really try to try to pick out as many things as you can from from the tv angle which isn't isn't always easy well here we've got another question this one's from white town buck he said will the browns take a left tackle at 10 if one of their top two or three are available is it possible that they take the best available player so that leads me to give you my relatively uninformed opinion about what the Browns should do in the NFL draft. And my personal belief 
is that it's all about maximizing the value of that number 10 pick, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody knows what you're going to do with that number 10 pick, it's not worth much in a trade down or whatever. I mean, it loses value, right? So I'm of the mind that I would love to see the Browns fix their big hole at left tackle with either Trent Williams, who would be my preferred choice if they can believe that they can afford him from the salary cap perspective, or Jason Peters, and be able to take the best player available. Be a mystery at number 10, right? If Isaiah Simmons falls, if Jeff Akuda falls, go out and grab those guys, right? I just believe they should take the best player that they possibly can with that pick and fill that hole before the draft because, you know, everybody knows what they're going to do at this point right now, and that's not a good uh, position to be in strategically. That's my take on things, Jake. Yeah, let me give you the counter to that. Would it would it be more interesting, Barry, in your opinion, to um, say in this scenario the Browns haven't filled the void, but nonetheless Jason Peters is still on the market and Trent Williams is still available via trade, you have a lot of people thinking that you're going to take a left tackle. So say pick number 10 is close and teams are saying, well, we'll let, you know, we won't trade up to Cleveland because we know they're taking a tackle, although Simmons and Okuda are still available somehow. And then Cleveland takes one. And then maybe they move a third round pick for um, Trent Williams later on. You know, how, who knows how long this draft is going to last? It, it, to me, it's be silly not to make it go a week with nothing else going on. But it's like, I, I, I completely understand your side, but then I think on the contrary, which is there are two options still out there, right? Like they could go get those guys later. Like if those BPA, best player available guys fell into their lap and they're like, well, you know, maybe we should just take Okuda here. Maybe we should take Simmons here or whatever route they choose to take. I don't know what that is, but um, they could say, you know, we can fill this another way and then we can take another tackle later on and, and develop them behind one of these older older guys here and you know, it just seems like there's advantages to both sides of that. I don't want them to sort of back themselves into a corner where they think they have to take left tackle or nothing else at 10, but I also could see the advantage of them saying, some other team saying, well, the Browns are going to take a tackle here, so it doesn't matter what they, you know, we can still get this guy at our spot, and then they snatch him up. So it could go both ways on that one. Yeah, you are sort of uh, squaring the circle on this. Uh, I am not uh, intelligent enough. <laughs> to false. anticipate what other people would think. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, if you put yourself in a position with the Redskins where they know you have to trade for Williams, right, the price goes up, right? Williams' price goes up, the Redskins' price goes up, and it could be very difficult. I would say now we're in the, the best, you know, sort of uh, negotiating position where we have options, right? And when you have options, that's when you want to negotiate. Just my take. Just my take. I could be wrong. I probably am, as uh, shown by history. But uh, that's my two cents on it. I dig it. I'm with you. I think that at least they have some options there. If they do something comes up and they do end up maybe missing a guy they wanted there at ten at tackle, and they can, they can move some other things around. Whether that means they're keeping you know some draft capital for Trent this year, or maybe they trade something in the future for him. I don't know. But it is nice to know that there are two at least available options they could they could choose if. Uh, if they trade down from 10 and miss on somebody or if, um, you know, the actual situation arises at 10 and they, they have a chance to take a player, not a tackle, uh, that they think is the best player available. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, another question, and uh, I'll admit to doing uh, what uh, many writers do, uh, is, is posing their own question and then answering it. And my question to me is, 
do I care about the new uniforms, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's reporting on the new uniforms. I mean, there was a story yesterday about, oh, maybe the carbon fiber, you know, imaging that they do with the brown stripes, stripes on the helmet go away. Me, I just can't get fired up about it. You know, it's just not a big deal to me. And, you know, I think one of the reasons for that is that back in 95 when we lost the team, people used to say, you know, you don't root for players, you're rooting for laundry, right? I think that was a Jerry Seinfeld line, right? Mm, oh, yeah. You're just rooting for the uniforms and the players come and change every year. I'm like the exact opposite, right? I root for the players. That's what I care about. I care about the quality of football in the field. And I just don't get jazzed up about uniforms, right? So, I mean, that's why you don't see a lot of front page uniform stories on the, the orange and brown report. To me, it's just not a big deal. Now, I know a lot of people really care about this stuff. They're really into it, hardcore. And uh, they will inevitably criticize the new uniforms when they come out because people never like change. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, I just, I, I'm just not fired up about it. This is not, that's not my thing. You would think it would be, but no, I just can't get into it for whatever reason. So that's, uh, that's, that's me laying my soul bare on uniform. I'm, I'm trying not to. Um, I just, I'm trying to do, in my mind, the uh, under, what is it, the under, under promise, over deliver thing. I'm just trying to like keep my right. expectations low. It's so simple to get it right, to go back to what was effective before and just do some modern flares with it. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. It's right in front of you. But how many times have things been so easy and right in front of this franchise, regardless of who's running it or who's making the choices or who's giving influence? They have just never gotten it right. If they get the uniform right, I'll be encouraged. I care more than I probably should, to be honest, just because I'm so sick of thinking about it. And, and, and like the thing that bothered me was was like breaking down film was the orange numbers on the brown jersey. It was sometimes so mm -hmm. hard to read those numbers. <laughs> And it really just right. annoyed me. I mean, even the the color rush, which are, are a slick uniform, uh, they they still have those orange numbers, and it's just like annoying. I, I just prefer the white to brown contrast. I don't know. It's not a big deal. I just want them to look sharp. I don't want people to complain about it for another ten years or however long this will be. So I hope they get it right. Um, and 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 I'm encouraged by some of the we're going to return to tradition type things. So we will see, and uh, and we'll keep our fingers crossed. Well, the upside is that they set the bar so low. Five years ago, you know, with that with that redesign, it's so universally loathed that they have to do better this time, yeah. right? Yeah. They've set themselves up for success. But I predict you'll still have a bunch of, you know, folks who are uh, uh, anti-uniforms, whatever they turn out to be. Guarantee it. Uh, just wait for Brown's Twitter to go through 24 hours of... Uh, uh, acknowledging the new uniforms and then the nitpicking will start guaranteed mm -hmm. you heard it here first oh i don't care if they have the best uniform in, in the world there'll, there'll be people who complain about it. it's it's it is an inevitable i'm sure people complain about the cowboys uniforms and those are like what the most timeless uniforms in the league so you know it it, it, right. it, it never fails it never fails but that's that's it that's a wrap we're at we are at our time limit listen when you're having fun it's it's amazing how quick time flies we are trying to keep these these pods to like 15 minutes. We are going to run over. I don't care if you got a problem with it. You got a pause <laughs> button. You can use the pause button or stop it or whatever you do. But hopefully you enjoyed this with us. We will have questions here that we did not get to answer that we will just roll over. We'll add some to it next time. 
Um, it's just going to be literally Thursday of Barry and I shooting the shit, and hopefully you guys are okay with that, and we'll fix in some 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 uh, some serious stuff with some funny stuff, and and you know I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a lighthearted sort of deal, and and we'll try to be as funny as we can. Two non-funny guys trying to be funny is a dangerous endeavor, right. but nonetheless we're right. going to try to do it. So Barry, thanks for uh, giving me some time, buddy. No problem at all. Look forward to, uh, to doing it again next week. Later. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. This has been fun. We will develop this more as we go. If you have questions, send them to us at the OBR on Twitter. You can email them to us, um, you know, over to, to Jake at the, uh, Jake at the OBR.com. I have a, a, a box there full of stuff that if you guys want to fire questions, you want anything answered whatsoever, we will answer them and uh, get to it at some point. But again, thanks for joining. Subscribe on Apple. Subscribe on Spotify. That stuff genuinely helps us leave a five-star review. Those are always genuinely appreciated. We hope to be um, you know, getting these to you guys every day of the week and hope you're enjoying them with five, six different perspectives a week if we can. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with some, some insights from our, our film guru, John Stevenson. And uh, until then, guys, go Browns.